0: everyone and welcome to episode 138 of midweek Medigame. i'm here GG, joined by my two regular co-hosts patrick robertson
1: good evening everybody hope you're surviving whatever weather conditions you're under
0: and gable nasif hey everyone well 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 i don't know about you guys but i'm boiling i feel like i'm a boiled egg right now it's so hot in the uk now, I don't know if you guys know, but my house has terrible insulation or good insulation. I don't know what, but my room is like 90,000 degrees right now. So, uh, yes, there may be some audio issues because all of us have our windows open, maybe fans on or whatever. So, please forgive us. The heat is bad. But you know what we want to do first is we want to shout out the new Patreons, Darwin, Martin, and Dylan. Thank you so much for supporting our content. We really appreciate you subscribing to our Patreon.
1: Good good things.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. And if you would like to support the podcast, you know what you should do? Join the podcast Discord. So many of you've been submitting us deck lists, talking to us about magic in general, just talking to us. Please go join the podcast Discord. We'd love to hang out with you. Just uh check in the description of this podcast episode for the link or go to our Twitter page and it'll be there pinned in the tweets. Uh we also have to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Card Market. those who don't know what Card Market is, it's a website online to buy anything Magic the Gathering related. Deck boxes, sleeves, accessories, play mats, singles, you can sell on there. You can buy from different card games, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Go check out Card Market, they're amazing. There's a reason why we let them sponsor our podcast, cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu. Anyways, you're not here to hear a shill. You're here to hear us talk about magic. That's why this week we're gonna be talking a load about modern. Gab top eight at the modern challenge again, but this time with Blue Red Murktide. Gonna be breaking that down deck. Sorry, we're gonna be breaking that deck down. Talking about his uh, choices and sideboard. And then obviously I've been playing modern this week, so I'll be talking about the few decks that I've played, but we'll be focusing mostly on Gab's result, as well as at the end of this episode, if we do have time. Gab and I dabbled in Pioneer this week, Gab played the Pioneer Challenge, I played a bit of Pioneer for testing for my MOX qualifier, and Pat, what did you do?
1: My dad is here from Australia, it's the first time I've seen him in about two and a half, almost three years, and so he and I went for a long bike ride, and went to the museum, that's what I've done this week.
0: Oh, sick, okay, so we'll be talking magic, and Pat will be asking us questions and joining the conversation but yeah, why don't we just start off with the great result, Gab? Top 8 in the Modern Challenge, Blue Red Murktide. I haven't seen your list. Is there anything special?
2: Yeah, I just uh, copied Doom Switch's list from previous week. He yeah, had top 8 in a Challenge. The specificity is that it doesn't have Dragon Raid Chandler, just Ragavan, Shredder, and Murktide. You just play more Archmage Charms and the full uh, Lightning Balls, a couple Spell tiers sideboards pretty standard and yeah it worked out really well for me on saturday i asked pad before the challenge which list i should take because basically i'd been playing modern all week but i was not super inspired i didn't know what to play i played a decent bit of the song of creation deck that canister has been playing a lot in tuning i took his list and first couple leagues i was really impressed i felt like i was only losing to myself and to my own mistakes league that I played i went one four and that was just the deck not functioning for me just tons of mulligan to five and some close games but i kind of lost confidence after this list and it's maybe not also the most fun deck to play i knew i would have way more fun with Merktide. so yeah pat just told me that he thought the doom switch list was really good in you know a non-specific metagame that it's maybe a little worse not to have dragon raid chandler against Living End and what other deck
1: did you think the deck is worse against That I think it's worse against four color if you don't have Dragon Ragers channeler. I think it's much harder to get into that deck. But any of the next any of the matchups where you want to kind of get that quick clock without putting your shields down on kind of you know on turn two. So like matchups where playing the one drops really really early important are ones where Dragon Ragers channel benefit. But Ledger Shredder helps you in you know mirror-esque games against other control decks that aren't necessarily um, uh, Four-Color, it's good against Yogg-Moth and stuff like that. And basically, if you think you're going to play against a lot of Endurances, then I think that having uh, no Dragon Rages channel and a lot of uh, Ledger Shredder is probably the best decision.
2: Yeah, deck worked out really well for me. I had lots of good matchups. I played against Grixis Shadow a lot, beat them all. I beat uh, Mirror, I beat Burn, I beat Rhinos. Shredder was really nice against Rhino. Having a third explosive in the sideward was, was sweet
1: as well. Yeah, getting to the three-five toughness against Rhino Rhinos is great. Like it was that matchup was always like essentially my mind hinged on whether or not you could stick a five-five Merktide. And now you have a bunch of other ways to get that kind of five toughness creature on the ground to buy you the time to just get over in the air with flyers and kill them. So you're not so concerned about them kind of getting that turn three rhino draw.
2: Yeah, and my one loss in the Swiss was to Blue Black Shadow. They were playing four tides, four Street Wraith, four death shadow, and then all the instants you would expect push, Thoughtseize, tainted indulgence, I guess, four charms, counter spells, etc. And that matchup felt kind of bad. They have four tides, which is really good in the mirror. They have four death shadows, which is really scary. And uh, I guess your edge is that they're a little on the cloncurry side was their spells was Tainted Indulgence and four charms, maybe not necessarily the best, but yeah, that matchup didn't feel didn't feel super great. I was impressed That's- by that
1: deck when you played against it though. It looked really like smooth. It's yeah, you miss out on cards like Expressive Iteration and ragavan by going down to two colors, but it you know, it's a it was a genuinely good Merc Tide shell for yeah, that also plays Death Shadow. Whereas I don't, I think when I've seen people play kind of like Murktide and of Shadow, it's just trying to do a little bit too much. Whereas in that deck, it felt perfect for it.
2: Yeah, no Shredder though. But yeah, no, that was that fell back. I think the only game I won, they kind of stalled on lands and stuff. I think maybe their list was one one land short. I I, I kind of saw it. That that played a bit. I think they were only playing eighteen lands, which is weird because you play nineteen in. Merc died, and you have the Shredders, the Bubbles. You have more cantrips. So I think that's all on the greedier side.
1: Yeah, they made top eight, eight, right?
2: Yeah, they ended up making top eight. I ended up losing a mirror match in the quarters where I was just tired and timed out. I needed 30 more seconds. It was kind of intricate games, where the third game was kind of weird. We both had a hearse, and then I had a second hearse, and we did nothing for the entire game. And uh, I played a little too slow, so that was a little disappointing. But yeah, I dodged four color. And that, that was nice. So good results. I ran it back on Sunday. Didn't go as well. Quick 0-2 drop. I lost to Merfolk. crown one. I made a stupid mistake in game one. And in game two, they just had the nuts. And then I got crushed by four-color Vivian, I think. They, they just had really good draws. My draw sucked. I missed my second land drop in game two after Mulliganing. And they had run on two, both games. They had run on two on the play, which is almost unbeatable. So just classic, kind of, you know, classic four-color matchup.
1: Can you talk to me a little bit, I just, I mean, this is not kind of the focus on on, on the good half of the results, but what does Murfolk look like these days? I haven't really played against it in a very long time. Is it the sort of the deck that you still expect Explosives to be good against? I think Explosives
2: is okay against them. I brought them in just because you have a bunch of bad cards, because I have Ether Vile and Cavern of soul so your counters are pretty awkward. I think the matchup's probably okay because you have eight Sheep removals and Shredder and stuff is is pretty good. G- game one, I literally just didn't fetch a second red and, and died because I couldn't cast double removal spell on turn three. That was really dumb. And in game cool. two, they just had Aether vial into triple adapt, And I think maybe I even Mulligan. Anyways, that was that stuff was to beat. Explosives yeah. is, you know, definitely bring them in. They have a lot of twos. It's a little more awkward now that you have your own two drop, it was probably better before when you just had Dragon Ray Chandler and and Ragavan yeah, specifically I was just, against them.
1: I, I guess I was just kind of asking because I I know they've kind of gained this new Merfolk legend that's you know the one that gives all your Merfolks ward and when you attack for a card. Uh, so that was kind of moving shifting their curve or spreading their curve out a little bit, so they were no longer so heavy on twos. But I yeah. guess right, you do have a lot of dead cards in that matchup.
2: Yeah, I've never been impressed by that that Merfolk. I think it's fine, but. What?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not, I just I wasn't really asking to kind of like give, a, give, a, give a, uh, a verdict on how good or bad anyone thought Murfolk was, because we all know that people who like Murfolk will play Murfolk, and people who don't will probably not play Murfolk. Hmm. But um, I was just curious about the kind of, you know, any changes to that deck and whether Engineered Explosives is still a good sideboard card, because I would hedge a bet that there are far more people who have Engineered Explosives in their sideboard who play against Murfolk than there are Murfolk players. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's the interesting piece of information. I, I, one thing I, I, so I watched almost all of your stream, uh, on on the Saturday, just lined up well timing wise, and one thing I, I will notice you drew lightning bolt to kill your opponent a lot,
0: and
2: yeah, it was it was yeah. it, it was kind of funny honestly it was every game, bolt it started was one of the very first matches where I got really lucky in game one against a Graces Shadow deck I I ran some couple lightning bolts on the last few turns. I kept burning out people. I mean, I didn't always need it, but it was it was good, yeah. And I just loved having the four bolts. You know, that's a card people have been trimming to play other cards, and I, I burned so many people out. I killed so many turn on ragavans. I cleared the way for my own turn on ragavans. So many games. Yeah, obviously, it's not very good against four color. It's not very good against living end, and you know that's part of the reason why the bolts were so good for me on Saturday because I didn't play these mashups a single time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I you know, three is the kind of probably the most common number of lightning bolts I've seen over the last few months in in, in Merc Tide. But it really looked as if fortune was shining positive shining down on you because you've uh, you chose to play four this day when you're like, Oh man, I really need to draw like bolt into iteration to find another bolt and the first bolt comes off the and you're like, Yes, here we go.
2: Yeah.
1: When you need to draw two, it's uh you're really happy to go four in your deck. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Deck was as good as always. Tons of fun to play. And I, I'm not sure you don't want to play Chandler. You know, maybe one or two would be nice. Maybe. Yeah.
1: I saw uh, the, second, uh, the second place list, right? Uh, the person you lost to in the quarterfinals, they had the mix of Chandlers, Shredders, Tides, everything, right? Even a Snapcaster mage, I believe.
2: Yeah, Snapcaster is pretty sweet in the mirror match. They have, yeah, two Chalmers, two Shredder, free Merktide. They do have the four Ragbands. They have two Hearths in the main deck and one Dressdown. So I guess they are only playing three Lightning Bolt. They're only playing one Spell Pierce. I'm not sure about so many 2 mana cards. I feel the strength of Merktide is that all your spells are too cheap. I'm not sure you want to overdo it. But I, I, was, I, I was impressed with was, was Hearths in the past. I used to play one Hearths in the main when I played the deck uh, a month months or two back. And yeah, there's just so many ways, you know, so many ways you can build a deck, so many uh tweaks you can make. I'm definitely not sold on free Archmage charm. That feels like a lot to me, whether you want to play maybe the next Serum Visions, a DRC. I feel like maybe that's the worst card in, in the list I played.
1: I am one but the number of you you suggesting kind of very small numbers of Dragon Rages channel, that kind of piques my interest a little bit. Uh you know i do th- I do fit one thing of my my biggest gripe against the f- force trader version, and i you know f- for you know obviously I recommended the list to you I said that I, I think this is the right thing to be doing. I think it's probably the best thing best way to best way to build it, but I do feel like you may be one or two one one-mana threats short of you know being as good as you can be in certain po- problematic matchups yeah, so it might be the sort of thing where like just the one dragon Rage channel and actually goes a reasonable way to um, switch flipping a matchup around i mean there's a lot of cute one-offs in in, in the in the list already like, like you said that the third archmage's charm uh the dress down in the main uh, that extra pierce that fourth lightning bolt like these are all things that you can kind of tune the numbers on i guess and, and i know that uh andrea mangucci's been playing and even advocating for a, a build that's basically kind of I think I think it's got all the all the all the Dragon rages channel and three Merc tide and three ledger shredders. So it's like heavy on the creature content and lighter on less of the on those kind of you know uh fun fun of cards essentially or kind of you know you know flex slots.
2: Yeah. I think you want to just find the the right balance, you know, especially when you're playing four shredders. You want to make sure you have enough spells. You know, there's a lot of spots where like uh I kind of I kind of wanna throw that uh Lightning Bolt at, you know, th- there's these spots where you're like, oh man, I kind of want to play that Lightning Bolt just to get the trigger of, Sh- of Shredder, but it-, it doesn't feel great. And just having, you know, maybe one, two, three extra spells, you can play like, you know, that's why I was saying Serum Visions, Dragon Ray Chandler, Snapcaster Mage sounds kind of good. Maybe we're not playing enough Snapcaster Mage in our Shredder deck. That seems like the perfect card, right?
1: I mean, if you're arguing against playing uh, expensive cards, I don't think Snapcast is, you know, internally consistent with that. But I was always drawn to the synergy of Snapcast and Major Legistrator, like just basically it being your two spells in a turn for free. There's actually a little bit of a over the last day or so, or even the last kind of couple of hours, actually, there's been a little bit of discussion in our Discord about, you know, what is it about Legislator that is good in this deck, whereas, you know, a lot of the signs are pointing to it being kind of anti-synergistic with... Uh, with the rest of the deck being anti-symptomatic with with legislator like you know leading up counter spells is bad and like where do you get these spots and one of my responses to this to the person who made the inquiry was kind of this is i i started enjoying legistrator and appreciating legislator more in this deck when i got out of the mindset of it being a kind of tempo threat like where i'm kind of like putting it into play it's big quickly and it puts my opponent under a lot of pressure and ends the game relatively quickly which is something the dragon rangers channeler does and, you know, also something that Merc Tide does. And, like, you know, you're, you're trimming Dragon Rage's Channel and Merc Tide to fit legislator in. But once I got out of that mindset and said, like, you know, actually, you know, this card can grow passively over the course of the game, you know, you, you, pa- you casting Shredder and passing without triggering Connive isn't the end of the world because if you're passing with your mana up, they're going to cast counter spells. They have to ca- they're casting spells into your counter spell. And, w- and one of the best things to do against counters, essentially, is to play two spells in one turn, right? Like, you play a spell, get it countered, and then they cast the, bet- the spell they actually wanted to resolve. And so that automatically triggers your shredder and you know these turns where you go counter your thing and then you know you might cast your lightning bolt to remove their creature or maybe even go to the face and those are other ways of kind of getting kind of those legislative triggers that aren't necessarily kind of like the super proactive plays that you're describing where you're like yeah i really just want to like go out of my way and lightning bolt that just to kind of connive here i think this deck is one of the weird it asks you to play legislature in a slightly different way that you might that then the card maybe reads on its fun face value, I guess is uh is, is what I'm trying to say, and it's changed a lot of the way my well, changed a lot of my play patterns, like not playing bauble so early, not even playing uh, considers on turn on turn one if I necessarily if, if I don't feel like I have to, you know having them for those later turns where I'm like, you know, counter spell your thing, and then I've got a second spell the trick in my shredder, and I, that's been going a long way for me actually
2: right, oh, not playing consider on turn one's a weird one. can't imagine what kind of hand I would have to have to feel like it's okay to do that, but that's interesting.
1: It doesn't happen very often, but it's been the sort of thing where like, maybe I've drawn it on turn two or turn three and I've had the opportunity to play it, but I know that I'm going to play straighter on the following turn. And yeah, so maybe not turn ones, but you know, more like in that kind of like turns three to five range where you know, I have the option, I have the one mana spare, but I, actually getting the trigger later on you know, in two turns time is actually going to be more beneficial for me.
2: Yeah. Anyways, I like what Mad Max Ernst did honestly. I think I would maybe you know somewhere in between the doom switch list and that list, you know I like that you know they have a couple Chandlers, the you know less charms uh the, the one Snapcast for made. I feel like you know it's not a card you want to draw, ever draw really two of, or unless the games go really long, but the first copy sounds kind of kind of cool, so yeah, no I uh. If I was to to play Merktide again, I think I would try and find a little more balance, you know, maybe the one hearse in the main deck. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely curious to see if you can manage to fit that Snapcaster in there and and have it feel good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty easy, right? Charm charm for Snapcaster seems kind of straightforward. They're both free mana cards. They're both kind of flexible card advantage, so...
1: Yeah, I also really like the Serenvision's idea, like just having that one extra sorcery that also synergizes positively with a uh, legislator on those turns. We want to just be like Shredder cast a spell. It's one yeah. that you don't have to, you know, just throwing three damage at their head, which is you know almost like throwing a card away.
2: Yeah, I guess I want to talk a bit about the Song of Creation deck. I've, you know, we I talked about it earlier, and maybe some people don't know what the deck's about. It obviously, resolve revolves around the the enchantment, the teamer Enchantment, Son of Creation, that lets you draw two cards every time you play a spell. The downside is that at the end of the turn, you have to discard your hand, and the way the deck works is you just have a ton of zeros, you have Endurance, you have four blue-pact, four green-pact, you have Strike it Rich, you have, uh, you know, you can play Utopia Scroll, so you can kill as early as turn two, actually, uh, and turn three, turn four, pretty consistently. You play Glittering Wish to have access to more Sung of Creations, and the deck used to be meme and bad. And I think now it's legit. I think it's a good deck. And the card that made the the difference is an offer you can't refuse, which is a blue counter target non-creature spell. Its controller gets two treasures, and that card's so good because a it protects your combo. It does give them treasure, so maybe it lets them cast an extra counter spell, but protects your combo and it counters your own spells. Meaning, it's super easy to go off because you just play song, and if you have a mana up, you go zero counter your own spell, get two treasures, and then it's pretty trivial to go off from that point because you've just yeah. drawn four cards.
1: Yeah, wh- like when you go like zero count- and then counter the spell, you get like what four cards and your upper mana. Yeah, you know, we we have two essentially two two untapped mana to play with, and yeah, you know, what else, what could really go wrong at that point? Yeah, I am really yeah. really 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 impressed with specifically that card when I when I tuned into Kenneth's stream.
2: Yeah, and you have you have four Negation negation to back up your combo. You even play Veil of Summer in the main deck since it's a cheap spell, and the green packs are really sweet because you green packed for endurance. So that's green packed is a free spell. Endurance is not a free spell. They both draw you two cards. It's it's super cool. And the way you go off on turn two is you counter your own spell was an offer you can't refuse on turn one, whether it's a gut shot and explosives, whatnot, and then you just go off. So you know, and the zeros are pretty good. Um, explosives can can come up. Gut shot is pretty good against ragavan. You can play maybe ever flowing chalice in small numbers, and the deck's really lean. You can't kind of mess around with the list too much. You need a, a critical mass of zeros. Same reason why you can't sideward a ton, you know. More Veil is kind of an easy include. And then, you know, maybe I can't remember exactly. But yeah, deck's really cool. You can find, I'm sure, you know, you Google up Song of Creation, Canister, Decklist, whatever. You, you'll find the list. And uh, no, I, I was impressed. And um, yeah, I played a bit more team or two. Creativity, that was fine. But apparently someone, well, not someone, uh, Phil Helmuth, aka.
1: Sam Rolf, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, Sam Rolf won the, the Sunday challenge, was uh, something really close to what I was playing. Only difference is he's playing a third Spell Pierce in the main. He's only playing three Prismatic Command and one Transmogrify, and he's playing the full four Archon, which, you know, I, I kind of have a problem with the Force Archon. I feel like that's pretty loose, but, um, you know, first
1: Spell Pierce, why not? I guess it depends on how often you think you're actually going to get into games where you're hardcasted or the first one or two doesn't don't actually end the game. but yeah, I, I I agree with you that if you're building these decks with an uncastable kind of reanimated target essentially then is is four really the absolute optimal number? It's probably quite unlikely at least,
2: yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I guess that I guess deck's good. People have been playing it still doing well with it, um. I thought it was closer to like tier two tier one point5, you know, maybe a tier below the Merc Ties of the world, but I guess it's it's still good enough to win the challenge, so that's cool to see. You played a ton of modern Harry you now?
0: Yeah, I actually did play with teamer creativity. What
2: did I don't you remember think
0: my exact record, but I played. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. The problem that I had is that I felt like any deck casting counter spell against me I've instantly felt behind. Like I got paired against Waffo Tap around one. I mean that isn't great. But um yeah. I just I it it felt really tough against something like Blue White Control where I needed very specific cards like Ren and Six, for example, then they have ending. But apart from that I felt like this is the deck that I would want to play if I thought that the meta I was going to would be all creature decks. Like, I had so many buys. Like, Hammer Time felt really good, for example. Like, they try and do their thing, I try and do my thing, but I can explore and Ren and Six Ping, and I don't care if they draw cards from... uh, What's it? Esper Sentinel. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really, really liked the deck against creature metas, but I got, I think I got against Merc Titan waffo blue white so that's why i three two'd or maybe i four one i don't quite remember but yeah yeah
2: merc murky can feel really bad sometimes you get the good draws but if they play it right it can be tough blue white control can be tough as well Deck's really good against four color it's been pretty good against hammer time for me too and um yeah matchup i played a couple of times that felt bad actually was the red green scapeshift felt like they went as fast as you maybe old faster went over the top
0: um oh, I actually beat red green scapeshift that league I play but I played them in round five I just I had explore both game one and three I think on the play and then they couldn't they couldn't beat the archon they tapped out both times so I could resolve it but I could see why that's a hard matchup. I definitely felt that if they had like Castle Titan in a few spots, I would have lost um I also what was funny is against blue white control I actually got double archon into play. And then they discarded two cards untapped and verdict, cast Verdict, so... Yeah, you weren't able to snowball after that and just keep adding Fables and Rands and maybe hardcast Archons. So against Wafo, I got the double... So I think I had to discard an Archon on, like, turn four to Fable or Prismari Command. And then I hardcast an Archon. I, I, it was something like... I got two Archons and I had to hard cast an Archon and I discarded one. And I I just ran out of cards in my deck. He countered all the rest of my Fables and I think he cast Chalice on one so I couldn't bolt his face or something like this. Just like, I, I literally ran out of cards and then he yeah just flooded the board. Yeah. I, I also played, <laughs> funnily enough, I had a lot of uh, podcasters come into my Twitch stream when this happened, but I, I played a league of blue-white, or I played a couple leagues of blue-white. I was looking specifically for that YouTube clickbait. And I went, f- not only did I five o with blue-white, I 5 0 would I didn't lose a game. <laughs> when last week on the podcast, we said it's literally unplayable, so I thought that was really funny. I played um, a blue-white list that I tuned through WafoTapa, it's a Chalice of the Void, Snapcaster, Timeless Dragon-style deck with no Jace the Mind Sculptor. And the Planeswalkers were three, Small to ferry, two, Wandering Emperor, two, Big Tef. Really liked it. I think one thing that kind of goes unseen, I genuinely think the only thing Blue-White has going for it right now is four Fire Ice. That's what I feel. All of the games that I win typically start with turn two, fire ice, uh, sorry, turn two ice on their land. Like I, I got really lucky to be fair. Like in my round five, my affinity opponent kept a one lander, and you know how many ices I had in hand? Three. And a snapcaster mage. So I time walked <laughs> them four times. I time walked them four times and then they to five game two. So I don't want to take this, you know, blue white five oh ten oh I ran hotter than the sun. But I think that Blue White has legs but these legs are very thin you know um and i think that the power lies in ice and on the early game of course you can still lose and i've also found chalice the void wins a good few amount of games um but again Thanks. it's like a it's a weak deck have you guys played against it played with it recently like any well, thoughts <laughs>
1: I certainly watched your at least some of your uh, league that, that, that you played, I uh, came in at the end. I do think Chalice of Void's in a pretty good spot in the metagame at the moment. Mm. You know, Cascade decks are you know high up there in terms of uh you know power level in the format. And, you know, if you think about Merktide and um and Death Shadow, there's they're both decks that are, that are vulnerable to Chalice on one. And so I think having that that card in your main deck gives you that that free win element which I, I think we we kind of touched on last week it's kind of one of the one of the problems with the w- one of the problems when you're picking a modern deck is like if your deck doesn't have that kind of like busted i win like no matter what your opponent's doing kind of draws or then it's a, it's starting from a natural disadvantage like so you know all the ragavan decks have that kind of inbuilt into them where you you open with ragavan your opponent doesn't kill it like that's that makes you a huge, huge, huge favorite in in, in any particular game of magic. And so yeah. building a blue-white deck with that kind of a card like Chalice, which can just basically just cheese someone out of the game, gives you that kind of little bump of win percentage that makes it so you're not quite so far behind the eight ball starting when you play any given matchup. And so yeah, I really like that you would make a choice like that is to, to go with Chalice of the Void. It's just to kind of, kind of recoup some of that kind of free free equity that's kind of available in, in a format like Modern.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because I was actually quite high on the Kahira build, I think maybe three episodes ago, I was saying I wanted Kahira... Oh, it was on the solo episode, actually. I was talking about how I really wanted Kahira instead of Snaps, and I wanted 4 Solitude, but I feel like now i'm leaning away from that because i feel like i want counterspell more like i think that modern is less of like a it's like shifting away from very powerful one drops and it's more like this weird kind of permanent based like everyone's trying to cast like a very resilient permanent or like urza saga i've seen a huge uptick in urza saga which solitude isn't great against so I've found that Snapcaster Mage has been a lot better, as well as if, like, just just that point stance. I don't particularly want to give examples, because I can't think of the top of my head. But yeah, I've really liked that's. I really like this game plan change. So that's why I've cut Kahira. I think something that I s- strongly advise is never... Like, I feel like with Blue Light Control, you can't say, oh, Kihira's bad, or oh, Snap is bad, for a long period of time. You have to constantly check. I think it's something we have to constantly check now because modern keeps flipping, especially with how many creatures they keep introducing and how many permanents and whatnot. But um, no one else has anything to say about blue-white. Gab, you have any input?
2: Not really. I did see some data from SCG Con Syracuse, I think, mm-hmm. where blue-white control had by far the best win rate, like 72%. I don't know, the sample size was small, and I'm not sure how to get the data, but yeah, blue-white just crushing everyone.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: I think what... it maybe had to do was like the players. Maybe like I think maybe Shaheen was one of the players, and he did well, and mm. maybe maybe it was pilot related too. So, well,
1: what do you think of the... I think your point. Sorry, I think your point, Harry, though, about uh, actually, did you want to comment on what, what, what on something that gap? Because so, I was going to talk a little bit yeah. more about your kind of general your general point.
0: Well, so yeah, just... I think specifically with a tournament like a paper tournament, the pro. I think that result is also so skewed is there's tons of Murktide lists pumped out from that event because I think Murktide is like quite a cheap option on paper compared to a lot of modern decks or it's like a deck that people typically will have because I I only saw Murktide four color and hammer really at my paper event. I'm wondering if blue white with chalice on one do you know what i mean just crushed scg that's why it had such a high win rate or like you said or a combination of the two but i feel like if everyone's like hating it, every blue white player is like oh chalice 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 that's probably why if they just got a, a, a skewed metagame because the online metagame is so different to paper just because of like card availability money reasons and stuff meta traders and rentals really helps but yeah what were you gonna say pat
1: yeah i mean i guess it's just to kind of jump onto the the end of your your discussion there yeah i do think there's got to be some amount of lag in a format like modern of people kind of coming out of like two years of pandemic and kind of are we really going to go and pick up all the kind of busted cards that were printed in the last two years to fill out some 80 card Yorion deck because you think that's the absolute best thing to be doing or are you just going to turn up with you know what the what what you think the kind of and for some kind of compromise between kind of card card cost, the total cost and and uh, power level so yeah a deck like milk might be a little bit more popular than someone having to go get all those raggabans but then also go get all the flash creatures and the all the evoke creatures I mean and all that sort of stuff to go in there you're already on deck but I, I think coming you, you made a, a somewhat interesting point to me about kind of modern moving away from everyone having super powerful one drops in into a kind of more kind of in betweenish phase where like you know we're not kind of like trying to go massively over the top of one another or we're not really two ships passing in the night format anymore, but also it's not it's not about having kind of an absolutely must have an answer to ragavan on turn one format anymore because yeah there are, there's just not quite as many turn one ragavan decks outside of merktide, so yeah your decision to kind of play a little bit more power on turn two versus you know having a full set of solitudes and the Kahira to kind of you know recoup the card loss and stuff like that is quite interesting. Because I do think the format's actually shifting that way. Like you think about uh Murktides moving towards Shredders rather than rather than Dragon Rage's channels. That's reducing the kind of urgency to have um a card like Prismatic ending on turn one. I'm trying to think of other decks that might be doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the other decks aren't really like kind of casting one drops necessarily. And putting pressure on you, their kind of living end and their four color and their their rhinos, where you know, you really need to start interacting on turn two or turn three, and uh, yeah, so I I think you make a relatively salient point that you know it's maybe not very necessary at the moment to be on that kind of four solitude plus Kikira kind of all in all in game plan and you can afford to have that little bit of like flexibility of Snapcaster coupled in with the kind of the stuff like the uh, void.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with what you're saying. Um, I guess moving on to the next deck I played with, played with Affinity. Thought that was a little fun one to play with. Not really much there. I thought that I was seeing a lot of Affinity either through Urza Affinity with maybe Emery's and Metallic Rebukes and Thought Monitors and all this, you know maybe blue-white affinity with Stoneforge and Urza. But I've really been seeing some Urza affinity, but a lot of affinity affinity with Thoughtcast and uh, Frogmites and, you know, all the four fours and whatnot. And I actually played with it, and I thought the deck was pretty good. Like, I, I didn't think it was amazing, um, but I was surprised by how... A deck that you would think burns out quite easily, well, wait a second, you have 12 draw spells in either 4 Saga, 4 cast, 4 Thought Monitor. And then you have all these things around it. I really liked the deck. I thought Spellbomb was cool, bounce your Thought Monitor, recast it for 1 mana from Urza's Saga, for example. That was cool. Constructs were cool. Um you know getting welding jar from urza saga for example like i feel like the deck is very well tuned um would i personally play it more than just for fun slash clickbait no but i can definitely see why people have been playing it because i personally overlook that deck because every time i play against it i'm probably playing a deck that's good against it but i went for one i believe i thought the deck was pretty good
1: can I ask how far up the curve you you're going with that? Are you are you playing kind of all the mirror enforcers? And
0: so I that, think, or
1: yeah. are you playing kind of going up to Uzzas and that sort of stuff?
0: So the exact list that I played, your only expensive, your only seven drops are four Thought Monitor and four Sojourner's Companion, which is the artifact land cycling one. Yeah, so
1: that's Mirror Mirror Enforcer. Yeah, sorry, that's, yeah, Mirror Enforcer is a seven out of four four with affinity. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I know that, but the the. The artifact land cycling is quite relevant, I feel. But yeah. Oh, that's, that's a
1: free, I was just, you know, that's, so that, those, that's what you said. Are you playing cards like Urza in the 75 at all?
0: No, no. Um, we're hyper focused on aggroing out the opponent and also Urza Saga because you are playing a lot of artifact lands like the uh, Mist Vault Bridge, Silver Bluff Bridge, Dark Seal Citadel, Urza Saga Treasure Vault. You're only playing 16 lands, not a lot of lands for Springleaf Drums and stuff to help you out.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see this pivot back from affinity to actual affinity cards. I mean, obviously there's this huge era of modern where Mox Opal was legal and affinity was built, you know, in that kind of Ravager, uh, eight Nexus style. Whereas and they had that, that deck essentially was a called affinity, but it had zero cards that had affinity on them. They had some Metalcraft cards in the sideboard or something like that, and maybe some galvanic blasts. But now we're really back in this back in this kind of you know frog might sort of uh mentality and a lot of that has to do surely with the printing of a bunch of more artifact lands so you can actually have a mana base that's no longer just dark steel citadels of the, the, the artifact lands you get access to things that things that essentially tap for two mana i mean artifact lands in an index with lots of affinity spells add two mana to for every for, for all the spells you want to cast and that's that's nothing to sneeze at like you know they got banned in standard for a reason and were dominant in formats like extended back in the kind of early 2000s and yeah you know, it's it's nice to actually see that a card like yeah you know, a 2-2 two, two for four what you know frog might is still really good in, in in by current by current standards you know that's how powerful if it's if it's still if you think about it if it's if it's that good now how good must it have been in standard in 2004 <laughs> And it's kind of insane to reflect upon that. Like it's still holding, it's still cutting mustard in, in in modern right now. Twenty years later, basically, man, that deck was legal and standard. That is unreal.
0: Yeah. No. Um. Otherwise, though, in modern, I played a bit of Merc Tide myself. Didn't I? Just want to say that. Oh,
2: yeah. I haven't lost to Affinity in months. Honestly, I think that deck just—I don't know what it beats especially the blue version at least the white version the blue white version i think is good when your portables when your portable holes are good that deck is is good because you have it's really cheap removal that makes everything else cheaper you can find it with ingenious smith and that's kind of scary you know maybe against murktide or Crixis and that i haven't i don't i don't know it's like I mean granted a bunch of times I played against it I had Kataki in my sideboard I could tutor for it but uh, other times <laughs> that like comes a, out a Hercules recall I could dig to and just in general against four color it's not good I I don't know I, I don't I don't know what you beat Harry but I've I haven't lost to to affinity in in literal months I don't play against it a ton but occasionally and the second that that deck becomes popular people start having like these crazy hate cards against you and then mm-hmm. your life becomes even even worse.
0: Yeah. In the YouTube video that I have, I beat Obosh Red, Jund, Teamer Rhinos, and I lost to Teamer Creativity. So...
1: You should probably beat those decks that you that, that you listed there.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I, only really, I only really lose to this Affinity deck when they get that kind of chain of, uh, of draw twos going. Like, if they sneak that Thought Monitor through or that Thought Gust through, they can kind of snowball out of control... As, you know, I, since I play, I play a lot of a lot of Tide, the deck's not very good at catching up, really. So, like, if they do get that kind of saga construct chain going or they resolve that cranial plating, it can be a little bit tough. But I, I'm kind of with Gab. Like, I don't really have very many strong memories of losing to the deck. I just, yeah, it puts a little bit of fear in my heart every now and then. And occasionally I'll, I'll fire up a league and be like, you know, I played against Affinity twice in, in the last... In the last two leagues I played, so maybe I'll just have a Hercules recall, and you know that basically you know seals the deal though, more or less.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just uh, for nostalgia. Then I don't know. I I played the deck because I saw that it it just gets views, but that that's it for me. Modern this week, I I played a bit of Murktide, but I didn't have any successes there. So yeah, that's it for me on modern. Yeah.
2: I played the league was a league with a white black brew. It was awful. I oh my, my God,
1: that was just. I was 0 4. That deck
2: was so bad. I, it was small talks. And yeah, if anyone from Wizards listening, I think you should give us a Gerard's verdict in the next modern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Good idea. Gerard's verdict is a really powerful and really cool magic card.
2: I mean, I'm not even sure why you would try and register Gerard's verdict while Ren Six is legal, but.
1: Not, not even once. <laughs> I can't even imagine doing
2: it. I think Target sure might be one of my favorite Magic cards of all time. Isn't it like two mana mind rot? Right? You gain three if they just go a land or something. Yeah, and you can target yourself. So if you're playing against burn, <laughs> you can target yourself. I played, I, I played it in my first, my first extended pro tour. I was playing Esper for control, and I had four jars verdict. And that was my plan against Illusion Donate. I does Verdict myself, and then they have to combo me twice. I also board in Bottle Gnomes against them, and mm, then they have to combo nice. me twice.
1: Very good. A lot, bottle Gnomes is one of my favorite magic cards, but only the original Tempest art
0: and Flavor Talks. Genuinely no, f- don't understand this conversation.
2: Anyways, yeah. All no, right, Harry, um, no worries. Yeah, but I didn't see any crazy new decks right in, in modern in in the top eights just mm. your your usual your usual suspects. No uh didn't even think I saw any like innovations in any of the Honestly, major
1: types. The most exciting thing I think was that blue black that blue black death shadow deck, and it's on it's been it's at the top of my list of decks to play. Uh when I when I next get a chance to sit down and, you know, hammer out a couple of leagues in the evening. So yeah, that's that's probably the most exciting and innovative thing that came that came out of the leagues over the weekend, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended up losing in the quarters to Grixis Shadow, which is probably a tough matchup because of Croxel. Yeah. You kind of play playing the same a lot of the same spells, but
1: yeah, Croxa, they can get some ragabout on you. I
2: guess you do have four Merc dides, but um, yeah, yeah, you BM- could bully them like that. BMJ was kind of ready the adjustments two tournaments in the main deck. I think I've seen maybe one in the main before, and one in the sideboard, and even that, I'm not sure they usually play it in the main. But
1: I think Hannes' original uh, GLS, as he as he wanted to call it, uh, deck had two two times in the main. But
2: that's, okay. a, that's
1: about the only ways to kill Merktide in these decks because you can never drown and lock it because it yeah. really protects itself.
2: Unless you you mess up. I think one very first game I like had six cards, that I discarded Ottawara too. To, yeah, it was bad. I, I, I totally messed up. I gave them a chance to draw my, my Merc Tide. It's not great. But,
1: yeah. yeah. So your O2 performance on the Sunday led you to kind of lower yourself into the pits of Pioneer. Is that is that right?
2: Yeah. I uh, decided to play the Pioneer Challenge. I decided to play Blue-Eyed Control, and I went was something really close to my explorer list that had been tuning for the arena qualifier and it was just classic blue-eyed honestly the the list felt pretty good at times and then the matches i lost i was like missing my fourth land drop this that you know just kind of feeling i was getting unlucky but it's just what happens when you play blue-eyed control these days you're playing 27 lands you're going to flood more easily if you miss your land drops, you just lose because you actually have four and five mana spells you're trying to cast and not all one and two mana spells. And uh, play that
1: consider list I sent you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Pat wanted me to play four consider and two dig three times instead of just a bunch of sensors and delusion stuff. But yeah, I loved that. I still sensor. had
1: three sensors. I still had three sensors in my deck. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, I decided to play stick to 60 cards, no Yorion. I, I went really low on the sweepers, just one farewell and two verdict. I played a Dream Trawler in the main because that card had been impressive. And yeah, I don't feel like you need a ton of sweepers against green. You only need a ton of sweepers. Winota's gone. It's really just maybe against spirits. I actually did get paired against angels. I got some some pretty good matchups in the early rounds. Uh, Angel was as close to a buy as it gets. I ended up losing once to Phoenix, I believe, getting some, some pretty bad luck and... Making a stupid mistake, and I ended up losing to the combo deck Lotus Field. And what felt like I got a little unlucky. I actually should have lost all three games. I think like game one was absurd. I was like pretty far behind, and then I was ahead, and then they got lucky, and they ended up messing up because they tutored for Lear, hmm. and I just cast Fateful Absence on it, and they didn't even they played Lear, and then the first spe- spell they played was a Hidden Strings. So I got to Fateful Absence, and they got basically got no value out of their earlier, But then they ripped. They resolved an ultimatum, but then I beat an ultimatum. I think the A is absurd, and That's I cool. ended up losing the two sideboard games. But yeah, tons of fun. I definitely play Blue-Eyed Control some more, see yeah, how it feels. Uh, thought that the, the list was cool. Maybe I'll experiment here, consider, and dig for time build as well at some point.
1: You didn't get a chance to playing against Red-Black, did you? In
2: I played against Grixis. And I felt like I got extremely lucky. They were super far ahead game one and ended up flooding while I was stopped decking. They beat me pretty badly game two. And then game three was super close. And I won a game was probably the sweetest play I've made in a while where the turn I swung things was I ended up going five mana Teferi plus on tap two lands and pitch two cards to my march to get rid of a scarab god and stabilize i still needed them their hand to be kind of bad because they had a chandra so i needed to plus Teferi, so i could minus it on chandra turn afterwards but yeah just free for one free for wanting myself to get rid of, of a Fred but it was it was worth it so that was kind of cool
1: hmm.
0: overall what do you think of the format do you like it
1: I like
2: playing that blue eyed deck, I'll say that much. And it seems like people like it. I've heard, you know, some some of the complaints I've had in the past it's a little underpowered. Like you were saying, like, you feel like every deck's a bad deck, but maybe that's not a, a bad thing if the the gameplay is, is interesting.
1: I, I feel like every deck's a bad deck, but that's kind of what standard is. Like, it's, like, kind of just, like, a little bit better than standard, and that's kind of okay. I'm kind of all right with that.
0: Yeah. The the thing that I'm struggling with is... um. Cherry and I are obviously testing quite, well Cherry and I are testing a lot for the tournament and I think the problem that Pioneer has is that, um, how do I describe this, I just feel like we have no clue what to do, sometimes we 5-0 with a deck and then we instantly 0-5, or like we try a new cyborg card, it's really good and then it's actually just bad or whatever, we have a game plan, it's just like, I have no clue what I want to be doing in Pioneer right now, and last resort wow. I'll play green, but I don't even know if I'm going to be playing green anymore, a lot of people have been DMing me on Twitter for my, getting trying to get early access for my mocks list, I will tell you now, I'm not going to give it to you, so please stop the spam, but... Um...
1: <laughs> Are you just testing by jumping in leagues and kind of playing them on shared screen with Cherry, is that what's going on?
0: so i have a group of we're in a group of two others so there's four of us and we just all play pioneer and see what we like see what we 5 with see what we're playing against like right now the deck that the, the the three decks that i think we particularly want to be able to be is blue black control blue white control and rakdos because i feel like those these are all the safest choice for the tournament just a mid-range deck that can kind of grind right. every deck uh-
1: I was going to ask you what you think that your kind of your gauntlet should really be because the way you're going about testing is not exactly how I what I would consider best practice. But obviously, you know, time is you know not every not everybody has enough time to do do it in, in the most rigorous way. But like, if you were to build a gauntlet to kind of you know, practice a deck or a build or a cyborg a cyborg kind of strategy a, against, what would you say that the the decks to beat are at the moment for you? Like you said, you said mono green, uh, red, black, some kind of blue control deck. But like you haven't mentioned a deck like Phoenix or... Um... I, I would
0: be very surprised if more than like... There's 24 people. I wouldn't put more than like four people on mono green. I think people are too scared to play. Like, I think like incidentally, people have realized that like Lava Coil and whatnot are just good in the format. Um, and there's too much green hay, I think people are too scared to play. So I put people on... Mono Blue Spirits, Rakdos Midrange, Blue-White Control, Blue-Black Control, and the fifth one, I'd probably say either Lotus Field now, because it's seen so much success, and I think that with green falling off, people are now realizing, oh, there's less damping spheres in the format, I can probably be okay, so I'd put Lotus Field or Boros in the fifth slot, depending. You really don't, you're not respecting Phoenix at all? I don't think i don't think people i think phoenix is good i just don't i don't know i i I just don't see people really playing green or phoenix i think people want to be doing other things but again this is all just guessing i don't my my time and focus is built on building my content i'm not really too fussed about trying to qualify for the mocks because i'm definitely not near top 50 percent in this tournament because i just don't play the format enough anymore
1: but you could be harry if you put the time and effort in as far as that, I, I completely understand like this you know different priorities and that sort of thing but i, I think it's interesting to me that, that you, you don't think people are going to turn up at this thing with phoenix because that would have been earmarked as one of my like first choices of deck that someone who i think is taking this very seriously would 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 gravitate towards i know that you know the kind of not the, not explicitly the, the pioneer grinders per se but the kind of magic online the 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 good magic online grinders who played like all the formats you know all the challenges on the weekend feel like they they go kind of, like on the whole gravitate to a, uh, gravitate towards a deck like phoenix in, in pioneer
0: I, I i'm not saying phoenix is a bad deck i'm just like trying to pick my top five for the tournament and i think that <sighs> what i don't like about i i just don't like a lot of things about the phoenix deck i think every the top five decks that i've listed I can name specific lines that I really like. Whereas the Phoenix deck, I feel like you have a... I just don't like it. You know, it's maybe biased, Mm -hmm. but I really don't like the deck. And Cherry has been playing Phoenix since the start of Pioneer. So I also really trust his judgment on the deck. So it's kind of just kind of putting my responsibility like I, I can't afford to spend time. These grinders can not yeah. afford because they don't. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That
1: is, that's actually a really sensible thing to do. Actually, kind of you know deferring, deferring the decision making on something that you don't have the time or kind of expertise on to someone who does, is perfectly reasonable thing. To do, thing to be doing. So you yo know, So you'd be happy if you found a deck that you walked into the tournament and you felt like you had a good matchup against kind of like your know, red, black, and blue eye control or something like that.
0: Yeah, I I honestly think that my plan is we're, I I don't know about Cherry, but I strongly think that I'm going to play a deck that's pre-sideboarded for blue white control and Rakdos. I don't I don't see any other because to me, I genuinely think that like 16 people out of the 24 are going to be Rakdos, blue white or blue black control and all three. You you will have similar style sideboarding against them.
1: Yeah, that's that's that's, that's probably not the the most unreasonable thing I think I, th- I probably think red black is got to be the most popular actor. yeah but yeah I guess we'll see do
2: do you have a list of who's qualified do you know the names
0: I could probably work it out but there actually is one or two more qualifiers for the event but um I don't i I, I... Cherry and I could look it up. I mean, we we know we know a few of the big names there that are going. But again, I'm not... Like, this actual tournament actually isn't... I, I don't really mind. I'm not testing too hard. We're playing, like... Cherry's playing every day, but I'm only playing, like, one league every two days.
1: I mean, you yeah, know, you talk about, like, you're putting a lot of effort into content, but, like, there's a lot of money being made in this tournament. Like, there's a huge amount of equity and not very many players. Like, even if you feel like you're not going to be the most prepared, like, small field small field events are, like you know if you run good like you don't have to beat 400 people like you just have to get luckier than 23 people but that's that's a pretty good spot to be
0: true yeah well i'm going to spain soon so i'll probably i'll bring my laptop and i'll play magical (laughs) line
1: all right all
0: right playing on the beach you know like those memes of like people saying they're gonna like get rich and trade stocks on the beach i'm gonna you know Get some pennies from YouTube and then play that yeah. Line on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: honestly, that sounds pretty idyllic. Huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of it for me, for Pioneer. I think staying away from green is how I'm going so far, to be honest. Yeah. I wanted to shout out Mattia Rizzi. He raided me
2: earlier this week, and he said he broke Pioneer, and then he just came in second in the challenge, almost won. Lost... Because he just played his worst matchup in the finals, and he decided to just play Phoenix was no Phoenix, just cracking Drake, shredder, thing in the ice, couple fable of the mirror breaker. And
1: that's that's oh, what it's about. That's great. bunch no of Phoenix. removal.
2: Yeah, and genius. Guess put his money where his mouth was, and yeah, that was that, that was a cool run. He also streamed the uh, the events.
1: Brain. That's so, really he, great.
2: Yeah, so. Yeah, cool. Cool take. What do you think about his list? Uh, Harry, just no Phoenix, just a bunch of removals for Cracking Drake. Just kind of anti-creature
0: Phoenix, I guess. That I can really get behind because, like I was saying, I felt like the play patterns of Phoenix are are not great. And I just really like the idea of (laughs) not... Like... I think i've said on the podcast many times phoenix players over commit to a game plan and then with green i would carn them or whatever i feel like phoenix has this over commit problem where if you're playing like this is kind of like in the uk we'd say like btec Merktide or whatever i don't know how to you know like worse the pioneer translation of Merktide. that this makes sense to me i'm i will definitely want to try this i haven't looked at the results cherry was actually working through results just now i was on a call with him before the podcast so We'll make sure to try this out. This looks really good. I-, I like this.
2: Oh, cool. And what about the list that came in 13? So is that a deck that's been around? It's red, green, like teamer elementals with four hazard monuments. You got the Grinning Ignis uh, combo, I guess. Was very So you get like you can go infinite. And maybe you can win some some games with just
1: beatdowns was with- Runaway
2: steamkin. I don't know, that deck looks... What the heck?
1: This is what they banned, this is what they banned uh, in Explorer, right? Or in Alchemy.
2: Yeah, there's a format where Grinning Ignis got banned, yeah.
0: yeah. I've never seen this before.
1: I've played against this deck before. It was really scary. Having Risen Reef as a kind of part of your engine was a real nightmare. I was playing Blue White at the time. So I was kind of like, oh man, this Risen Reef is going gonna, gonna to grind me out. And I'll wrath you. And then he was like, Grinning Ignis, and I was like... Okay, I'm not really ready for anything that's going on here. Like, there's just so many weird cards all over the place, but it 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 honestly functions pretty resiliently. Like, I think I I think I won my match against them, but they kind of it really came down to the wire in game three where I had to counter every Burgee and every Risen Reef and all and multiple Grinning Ignis as well. Because like even just Ignis plus uh, Monument is like an engine, right? So there's so many different little engines going on in that deck. It's really quite powerful. I don't know if it's necessarily good, but it was really, really impressive. Just to kind of how all the little bits work together.
2: Yeah, I guess Monument plus Ignis is infinite spells and infinite draws, right?
1: Yeah, I guess it is because because this kind of, I was going to say oh it's it's one red one red to loot, but it's not. It's yeah, it's it's just yeah, draw your deck basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm maybe there's something to go here, but. There are a lot of counter spells in in Pioneer.
0: Yeah, I'm it's... not too sure about how good this deck would be. Because again, everyone's hating on creatures right now. So yeah. but I can see it being okay. Like, it's one of those decks that's probably just okay, you know? I mean there are a lot of there's a lot of room to innovate in Pioneer, especially with the top deck kind of changing all the time. So I'm not surprised something like this has come out of the woodwork.
2: Feels like this list could be improved on too. They were playing free grazers was only twenty one lands. Hell yeah. And it's not even an elemental, so I'm not sure what the the purpose is. I mean I can't imagine the, the sole purpose is oh I want to play turn one grazer was in my twenty one land deck. I don't see any other combos really with the cards.
1: I literally think this is the guy that I played against. Uh yeah yeah Togek. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain I played against his actual person.
0: Isn't yeah. it just strictly better to play three more elves instead of Grazer as well? Oh, no, no, no. You put lands into play with Grazer that you draw from Risen. No, no, that's just not true. Risen Reef puts the land into play. I have no clue why you want Grazer. Is there any reason why you draw a load of cards that doesn't go into play? Do, do, you, need
2: la- do you need to put more lands into play to turn you go up so you can bounce them? With...
0: No, not really, right? But Grazer I... puts it into play tap, so... Uh. Is it is it not just about
1: kind of getting to four mana and casting company or getting to three mana and getting to play Burgey or Elf. Risen Reef? Yeah, but they're playing
2: four elves. They're playing four Elvish Mystics. But... Oh, they don't
1: have they don't have the four. Um, they don't have the four Lunar Orels as well. Man, this deck's got a lot going on. It's really hard to kind of get your head around. Isn't it? But uh, there's like two copies of Thunderkin Awakener, so they're trying to like return their Risen Reef. This is what happened against me. Like they. they they end turn accompanied, and I was like, fine, I can probably just, you know, let this resolve, like, it'll be okay, I've got counter spells for, like, and a bit of removal but They're like, Thunder can awaken an attack, and you get back to Risen Reef, and I was like, okay, no <laughs> idea what's going on. But this...
0: this is actually so interesting, because if this deck is coming 13th place, and we can, like, shred the list by inspection, this makes me want to test it right? If this oh. did so well with these random numbers. It was like, right? at
1: the very least, good YouTube clickbait. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you know, this This actually, this feels like a, a setup for some kind of romantic comedy, where, like, this is, like, the project deck, where, like, we've gotta, like, try and, like, shape it up, like a kind of, uh, Taming of the Shrew kind of thing, or something like that, I don't know. Yeah, this is, I gotta give it a makeover and work on it, because it's so, it's so intriguing, yet it's so awful at the same time. Yeah. I, I'm really impressed with this.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Anything else in Pioneer, guys, while I sweat my forehead off?
1: No, no not while you sweat your forehead off, at least.
0: <laughs> awesome. Then I guess we're going to lead to wrap up the end of every episode. Life on the Line. For those who are listening, don't know what Life on the Line is. It's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. Win the event you live. If you lose, you die. Got to bring two deck lists, Modern and Pioneer. I guess I'll start things off. Modern, what am I going to play? Well... Hmm. <clears throat> Gotta go blue-white control. I don't mind dying for the clickbait. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I will you're, really,
1: po- you're making a mockery of Life of the Light. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm going to be playing... Four-Color Control. um, And in Pioneer... Ooh... That's a tough one. Pioneer, I actually will just play Rakdos. My life was on the line. I think that Rakdos, you know, seems to be 51% against the metagame. So... Or like 50.5. So, um, yeah, that seems okay. What about you, Gab? I would play Murktide in Modern with a bunch
2: of one-ofs. And... I would play Blue-Eyed Control in
1: Pioneer. Nice. What are you, Pat? I'm going to play Monktite again. I'm not going to play Spice so 1-Obs as Gav, I'm sure, but I would play some kind of uh Legislator based Monktite deck in Modern. And in Pioneer, I felt a little bit lost in the format lately. I'm pretty impressed with this Tiarizzi deck, though. It's kind of right up my alley. I think I'd try and find a little bit of a way to m- improve my Lotus-Field matchup, though. You know, maybe... Yeah, you know, slightly less Gusts and disdainful strokes, find a room for a card like Narciss Reversal or something like that, so I can have a, a an out against uh, thought distortion. But yeah, I, li- I really like what this decks trying to do. Uh, crackling drake's a very, very, very good good card in the format out of the phoenix out of the Phoenix decks and uh, I'm, I'm I'm on board with this change he's made.
0: Awesome. Um, for the prices, right, at the end of every episode, gotta guess the price of a card on card market closest the price wins higher or lower but what card do we want to do the price is right for this week Can do i'm not sure collected company i was
1: Ooh. thinking the exact same thing
0: collected okay. company okay yeah. i do have a price in my head
1: yeah i think i do as well
0: me too okay in three two one nine euros six euros Ooh. wow i
2: undershot it for once i'm the one with it didn't go well for me last time i think i feel like it's been printed so many times
1: they printed twice
0: nah it's got to be in so many other <laughs> years. it's only been how many times has it been printed it's, it's got some
1: online printings that you might be thinking Maybe, of. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's
0: got Store Championship, apparently, Secret layer and Modern Horizons? I didn't know that. Oh, that's Collected Conjuring. I'm dumb. Sorry, yeah. Collected Company. That's not a good, uh, word. Yeah, yeah. Not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Collected Company only has Secret layer and Store Championship and Dragons of Tarkir. Anyways, average price on card market for the past 30 days for Collected Company is €14.75. and 75 Euros Wow. Cents. The one time in my
1: life, Congratulations, Give it up. yeah, is like 30, 37 seven euro uh, that was what you were trying to select against. That's your other bid, uh, yeah. There you go, close your company.
0: All I learn is for the prices is right is if Gab's over undershooting, we overshoot. If Gab's overshooting, we undershoot.
1: I don't think any of us have ever actually gotten it right.
0: I think I think Gab one week got it like very close, right. Yeah. I, don't know, I had like, a couple of weeks in a row where I think I like got there, but yeah. yeah.
2: It's just a fluke. It's yeah, definitely just a fluke, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, Gab, where can we find you in the internet? You can find me uh, enjoying some uh, Baldur's Gate Limited on Arena. Format's been really sweet. I've missed playing Limited and yeah, definitely give it a try if you like Limited, if you like Arena. Format is, uh, format is tons of fun. Awesome. Pat, what about you?
1: Oh, you can find me engaging in various levels of discourse in our Discord.
0: Ooh, you can also find me in the Discord link in our pin tweet in our Twitter, or in the dis- description of this episode. Or you can find my YouTube HarryMTG. Every not every day anymore. Every a few times a week, I'm releasing high quality content. Anyways, if you made it this far into the episode, as always, thank you so much for making this far. Shout out to Cardmarket for sponsoring the podcast. Yes, we we'll catch you guys next week.
2: Peace. Take care, everyone.